superpowers on the Super Power Up Podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers Podcast. I'm your host, Tatiana Berenday, and I am here today with Laura Leila Centurino. And we're going to be talking about how to have self-respect in the bedroom. I'm so excited about this topic and about who I'm talking with. Um, Layla is a seasoned wise woman guide, a world bridger, and a womb whisperer. She coaches and mentors women and couples, informed by her intuitive brilliance, honor, and knowledge of life cycles and connection to the sacred mysteries. Layla's work empowers people to navigate with awareness and skill the inner and outer worlds of conscious living and relating. Um, Layla supports awareness and wholeness on all levels, physical, mental, emotional, sexual, spiritual, and energetic with her gifts as a somatic body worker and her guidance and teachings of healthy energetic boundaries, gender alchemy, womb wisdom, ceremonial menstruation, and conscious baby making. In her decades of personal training, cultivation, private practice, and group work, she's gathered a magical bag of tools and modalities to play and serve with, and I am so excited to have her on the podcast today. So welcome, Layla, to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast. Thank you. So excited to be here. Yeah, excited to have you. So here at Superpower Experts, we like to ask everybody this very important question as we are empowering everyone to hone their superpowers. I want to know what your superpowers are. Well, definitely one of my superpowers is my clairvoyant, um, psychic and intuitive, this brilliance and energy. And I feel really blessed to have grown up in a house where that was normal. You know, where my mom and sisters, you know, had premonitions of who was calling and who was at the door and dreams and things like that. And so I felt super blessed that that was actually a normal thing, even though it wasn't super developed yet in my family, that I had permission to know that, to, to know that those things were quote unquote normal mm-hmm. and usual. And uh, definitely one of my superpowers is that I'm a tracker. And so whether that's tracking cycles, tracking as above, so below, the astrology and the celestial movements, uh, whether it's tracking with my clients, their breathing or their chakras or their energy, or whether that's tracking the larger cycles of like the decades and the generations and things like that. So I'm definitely a tracker. I'm watching and I'm seeing and I'm observing and I'm collecting data and that leads into my superpower as a world bridger that as I have that data I also have the superpower of bridging the seen and the unseen worlds and so putting things together and really understanding that to create the new world we want we we have to build it both from what we know up and we have to create the other side of the bridge from the unseen to the seen from the magical to the to the this dimension. So that's definitely one of my superpowers and the ability to see the big picture and the details, mm. you know, to see the big arc and then to go like, oh, okay, and yeah, right here, let's focus here, you know, to really be both sort of like cosmic and grounded. And this uh, phrase that I use that ascension is an embodiment process. And so I feel like both working 
you know, because I'm a body worker, it's like working from the extremities to the center and working from the center to the extremities. It's like being able to move in both directions and have a fluidity. And I definitely feel like one of my superpowers is being a queer, two-spirit, non-binary person, someone who's danced across the spectrum of, of gender and identity and sexuality and the way that that uh, gives me a certain ground inside of my own being that is not completely informed by cultural norms. You know, I have permission. I have permission in myself. And then clearly all the work I've done with my own menses and my blood and bleeding consciously and being a ceremonial person and being connected to the natural world through, through both the old religion, the old way from Europe where my people are from, as well as indigenous practices of the continent of North America where I live. Uh, being in connection with the nature and the cycles of life and time and the rising sun and the seasons and keeping that, um, you know, pagan, Wiccan, Celtic wheel of life that moves through the cycles and the equinoxes and solstices. So I, I really live by natural time. Mm. And that really allows me as well to to operate in with my own compass and operate in my own connection and a certain confidence that the culture doesn't always give us by any means on the contrary <laughs> most of us are running you know up against time all the time because the time constructs we're living in are are so fabricated but they're disconnected from the natural world and and in one regard from the true reality the sacred law yeah, absolutely. That's a rare thing nowadays to be living in accordance with natural law. Um, I was actually talking to my daughter about that yesterday. She was talking about dangerous animals. And I said, you know, I think humans are actually some of the most dangerous animals because we're the only ones who have figured out how to live outside of natural law. Um, uh, just a total aside. So, Layla, yes, um, yes that, you... that's so important. I'm so happy you had that, said that with you, to your daughter. <laughs> Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about your clients, about who, who comes to work with you and why. Well, I definitely have a number of amazing women that are, are superpower women. My website is currently called The Artemis Woman. And so women that are, that are really wanting and knowing how to sit in their sovereignty, that are really connected to their powers, but also wanting to have mentoring and coaching particularly around um, a lot of the women I work with are really visionaries, they're dreamers, they're psychics, they're empaths, they're people that are sensitive. And so really learning how to bridge that into the current world we live in, how to manage our boundaries, how to manage our energy, how to uh, be aware of other people's energies, and new ways that we can do that and deeply get embodied and grounded. So I definitely am working with people around these kind of healthy boundaries and also the templates for that, which most of us didn't receive. I also am working with people that are wanting to get pregnant and are in relationship around conscious relating and intimacy coaching and helping people 
and particularly ones that want to have babies, really do the work to set the ground to understand and step into even more consciously what it's like to steward the future generations to come to earth. Similarly, I work with people already pregnant and helping them commune with the soul of their child and their human that's coming because the soul is already whole. They're not a baby, but it will become a human baby. And so helping with clearing the womb, I work a lot with women of all stages of life around really connecting with both the menstrual mysteries, but also just so much that we carry in our wombs because our womb is the place that bridges the seen and the unseen realms. And as women, we receive, you know, into our yoni. And oftentimes we're holding things there. We may be holding things for our mothers and our loved ones and also the memories of thousands of years of the patriarchy. So there's a lot of stuff that we're holding in our womb. So for the women to really uh, drop into that very sacred, unique, portal and power place that is uniquely feminine is really at the root of a lot of what I do and with the couples helping the men and the women and whatever gendered people are having babies um, and bringing in children to do the work to start decoding some of their programming and start examining some of their beliefs around male female baby father mother you know there's so many cultural, familial, religious, social media, you know, so many programs that we've received. And so really supporting people to get connected to who they are, what they believe, what they want to believe so that they can move forward with a lot of confidence and connection and intimacy between the couple and most importantly, self-respect and connection with ourselves. Yeah, I want to talk more about that and, and how that plays out. You know, you, you, you do some work with, with sexuality and around this, this idea, you know, we're here talking about how to have self-respect in the bedroom and like, what are some of the ways that you navigate that with, with couples and with some of the individual women that you work with? Yes, it's such a big, it's so big, just self-respect in general, just respecting ourselves. It's such an important piece. and so. This work with the down there, <laughs> you know, like a lot of us have a like a down there. And in our culture, we don't even have good words. Right. No one even wants to talk about down it. Down there, you know. Vagina. So, yeah, vagina, <laughs> you know, yoni, whatever these words. And then all of the, all of the slang and derogatory words that we try to, you know, pick up to empower ourselves, pussy power and things like this. But how do we really get comfortable being with ourselves in our sex? Yeah. And whether you're a man or a woman, there's so many things that are happening, including so many violations and perpetrations. I mean, the, you know, the statistics are off the hook now of people that have had you know, some kind of perpetration or something in their life that was less than fantastic that's happened to them relative to their sex, relative to being a woman or being a particular gender in a particular situation. So as I work with people, first off, we have to tease that apart and 
it's it's about the mind but it's also about the emotions and it's also about the body because these things become written on our body and in our body and so there's lots of hidden and not so hidden things that we're dealing with you know our internal comparing ourselves to others this is so big for women if you're dealing with your own body image, whatever way that is, which is, I would say most people, even men now, are really suffering from a lot of body image. And also just embarrassment and shame. And so much of that could be inherited. You know, so much of that can be just having a modest parent who didn't know how to deal with their little boy changing his diaper. You know, you, we take on those things. We get templated through our nervous system, all of these things from our parents and our families. So in the session work that I do, we are really decompressing some of that, both energetically and physically, emotionally and mentally. And then there's a process of empowerment, of really calling yourself in, of claiming your pleasure, claiming your body, getting to know yourself getting to know what you like, you know, mapping your own pleasure pathways. This is something that many people haven't done. You know, we've just had these kind of sexual experiences and it's a little hit or miss. This kind of worked some of the time, you know. One of the other big pieces is bringing in the menstrual mysteries because the truth is that a woman is four different people every month. The depth of the hormonal changes that a woman goes through, she is literally like a different person every week. And so a woman needs to know herself and be able to work with her partner, whoever her partner is, whatever gender her partner is. But I think all of this is particularly confusing for the men because one week, oh, you really want me to come in and like be all juicy and like, you know, take you or, you know, like come up behind you and give you some kisses, you know, and then the next week, right before you're bleeding, you know, you're like, get off of me. Why do you always want stuff from me? You know, like, I need some space. You know? <laughs> you're in my space. And he's just like, uh, okay. You know, and then you're like, give me a massage and, you know, take care of me. And then like the next week you're like, don't touch me, you know? So the ways that the women we don't even understand what's happening hormonally in our bodies. And then a lot of times we're making the other people bad or wrong, or they're getting feeling rejected and going through. There's so much stuff that's happening in the space because we're not really aware of our own changes and what we particularly as women, but also for men, but what we want and need at the different times during our cycle. Yeah, this is such important information and we're going to dive into it more in just a moment. We need to take a quick break. Um, but you've been listening to Laura Layla Centurino talk about how to have self-respect in the bedroom and we are going to go into the high vibe deep dive when we get back in just a few minutes. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer -peer learning, intensive one-on-one -on -one coaching, 
coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. And we are back. Okay, Layla, I want to go deeper into this, the, the four different women that we are throughout the course of our cycle. I think, you know, one of the things, unfortunately, that has happened culturally is that, you know, to even talk about bleeding is not, it's like embarrassing. No one wants to talk about it. We kind of want to just wish our cycles away. We take, we take pills so that we don't bleed. We, you know, insert things into our body so that we don't have to deal with this nuisance of a, of a cycle. And I think a place where you and I really connect is on this understanding of the importance of a woman's blood and of how to take care of that. And so I would just love to hear you talk a little bit more about this because I think it's such a valuable and important topic when, when, when we're discussing self-respect yes thank you Tatiana it is really important because if you think about it and and many many women now aren't bleeding you know both because they're taking birth control to not bleed to only bleed once a year um, and which of course you know once the woman hits the hormonal cycle where she wants to step into that mother phase of life now she has to deal with all of that affect and trying to get her period back so she can get pregnant. So it's a lot of confusion with our body. And so one of the first things is just, can we be comfortable with our blood? And blood, you know, blood is so powerful. If you think back to the Holy Grail and the, the, you know, blood, you know, the bloodlines and mixing, not mixing the bloodlines and the power of the bloodlines. We have the Christ mysteries around blood as sacrament. We have pretty much every culture, every culture, uh, I think, of, from all the continents has traditions where they offer blood you know, from animals, or I think that originally the menstrual blood was part of that offering. That was the sacred sacrament because the menstrual blood is the blood that can be offered that requires no violence. And so the power, if we go back to the patriarchal beginnings, some of the feminist beginnings of the women birthing the babies and the depth of that mystery, how did that happen? You know, And so as we see the power that we have as women to birth children, to have a whole nother human come out of our womb. All of this is connected to the blood. And I think this disconnect for like, you know, many, many women have grown up ever since they were girls thinking they're going to become a mother and they're going to have a baby. And the level of disconnect of realizing that having a healthy relationship with my menses is what's going to be the pathway to me becoming that woman with a baby and the mother and the wife and the person I want to be, like that disconnect is just profound. Yeah. And so as the women take the time, and that's the first step, is to take the time to acknowledge that I am on my period, my menstrual cycle, my moon lodge, however you refer to it, begin to have a name that has respect in it. 
So I will oftentimes use the phrase the Moon Lodge because I worked for a while um, traveling to different communities and helping set up moon lodges so the women would have a sacred place to go and bleed to go and bleed whether they wanted to bleed together if women were you know oftentimes the women are on their cycles together and women that you spend time with oftentimes you'll be bleeding at the same time and so learning how to take care of each other you know to have a place where there's tea and some snacks and water and stuff like that so that you aren't doing so much so the first thing is to see could you as a woman just to begin to put your attention and awareness on i am bleeding right now this is a ceremony this is a sacred time and could i take a moment now in traditional ceremonial menstruation and in you know some indigenous cultures and old world cultures you would take 3 days 3 to 5 days off from everything when you were bleeding now our current culture unless you really get into this and you're self-employed or you are arranging this with your work, which this is one of the visions that I'm seeding with the young women. Oh, if you work in an office and there's a whole bunch of women, you have a calendar and you put on the calendar and this is perfect if you're a mother and you have a family or even if you just have a partner or housemates, we start breaking the silence and the invisibility of like, I'm mooning, <laughs> you know, like I'm in my moon lodge and you put it on the calendar with like a red pen or with some fun stickers and and then people can see including your children can see like oh mom's in her special time mm -hmm. okay why don't i just go make peanut butter and jelly and not i'm not gonna hassle mom during that time because this is the thing is if we push ourselves through our bleeding time which is our time for resting it's our time for getting to zero point, for cleansing out. Who were we carrying this month? Was I worrying about my mother? Was I worrying about, you know, my job? Or maybe my partner was going through something or, you know, a tornado just happened or a hurricane just happened and I've been feeling for those people. So all of that as women, we're carrying it in our womb. And the blessings of our moon time is that we get to zero out every month because we carry so many people and we care about so many things. We've got to get to zero point. And I personally think this is part of all of the ovarian cysts, all the fibroids, all the endometriosis, all the growths that we have going on in our pelvis is because we have forgotten how to use our menstruation as a cleansing yeah. and getting to zero point also on the emotional and psychic levels. And then comes the oracle, then comes the deeper dreams and the visions. And traditionally in the Moon Lodge, if women received a vision, that was the guidance for the tribe. Oh, there's going to be a, it's going to be a big winter. The winds are going to come from the North. We need to store more food. We, you know, women's visions were taken as like the guidance for the people. Yeah. I remember when I first started, you know, this was many, many, many years ago when I first started sitting in different indigenous ceremonies with the native North American people. And there was this big, you know, thing around moon time and how you know you couldn't go into the sweat lodge when you're on your moon time and it was it seemed like all these restrictions were placed on on the moon time and 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 i you know i went through a lot of anger around some of that of like well hold on like how come i don't get to participate in these 
in these ceremonies and, you know, I just have to stay in my tent or whatever and, and feeling a lot of anger and, and exclusion around that. And then I, I started to talk with some of the women and get some of the deeper teachings around that and around how, you know, traditionally in, in some of these cultures, when women were on their moon, they didn't have to cook. They didn't have to take care of the children. It was understood they were in ceremony already and they were given the space to be in ceremony. And I was like, oh man, that sounds really nice to, to not have to, to not have to take on all of those roles and to really just get to get to have that, that space. And, you know, unfortunately in, in this day and age, we don't always have that luxury. Um, but I think it's so, so valuable and so important to really create some space for ourselves um, around that time. And to, like you're saying, get our, get our families involved in that. And, you know, my husband is wonderful and he, you know, we, we make it work when we can. Um, but he really understands like giving me that space so that I can, I can be in that, in that place. You know, there's all these, all these stories about women really being, you know, a bitch when they're on their cycle or whatever. And I, I think a lot of that is just because of, um, of having to take on too much and having to do too much when we're really supposed to be in this more reflective, quiet time. Absolutely. In that time. Yeah. There's so much cost when we push ourselves, when we're bleeding, because think about it, your body is in a cleansing. It's sloughing off this blood. It was preparing to make a baby. It didn't happen. Now it's in a cleansing mode. And so just like if you were doing a cleanse or you had a slight cold or something like that and you push yourself, you're going to pay for it later. And that's oftentimes what happens. Women push past their bleeding time. And so I want to say to the women out there that have jobs and that, you know, feel like this is impossible. The thought of taking three to five days off from their life is like, like a, that would be like a fantasy world. And that, I want to say that there are some people even in the cities and different places, you know, that are, have organized to be like, okay, when we're bleeding, let's have like a cuddle party over at my house and we'll order food in and just take care of each other that way. But even if you could just, like I said, begin to just consciously acknowledge to yourself, oh, I'm in my special time. And give yourself permission to be like, okay, if I have a party or a date or something scheduled, I give myself permission to change my mind. Like if I don't really feel like it, I'm not going to do it. That's huge. That's the first step. And then even if you just take a half hour half an hour over some time of the first few days to just sit and be with yourself and begin to just feel your body. Because the other thing that our moon time does is if we, if we go toward it, it will get us into our body. Most of us are trying to get out of it and just make like business as usual. I'm fine. I'm perfect. I'm the same as I was yesterday when we're so not the same as we were yesterday, right? So you have this cycle of bleeding, which is, isn't necessarily the beginning of, our, of the cycle, but it's the visible part of the cycle. So oftentimes when we talk about these like, you know, four weeks, you know, four seasons, four different women, um, we, we can start with the blood because it's so visible that, that, oh, here it is. Okay. You know, so you have this time of release. That's also a dreaming time. So it's cleansing and dreaming and receiving that information, you know, and then after you bleed, you're going to have this building time where now your hormones are coming back and you're moving toward ovulation, but you're not at ovulation yet. 
So you're in this building time, but you're starting to have more strength. You have more energy. Hopefully you rested, even if that was just one hour you gave yourself um, to daydream or journal or color or paint. Um, and so the week after your bleeding is a pretty good week. That's a week when you can kind of like you're, you feel back to yourself and you can get a lot done and it's leading up to the ovulation. And so your confidence is also building during that week and your, your thinking is coming in, but you're still informed by your dreaming. If you took the time to vision, you may have gotten some inspiration or some clarity you're during the time of your menses and now you're you're kind of in, informed by that and inspired by that so in this next week there's a building time and also the body starts you know feeling like it has its strength back because you're not bleeding and and cleansing and then in the, then you have this time of ovulation and so in the time of ovulation we are very powerful, right? Because we're feeling sexy, we're feeling on. But it's also a time when we could be unconsciously seducing, right? Mm -hmm. If we don't really know about that magnanimous time, and we have to remember that also at the time moving toward ovulation, you know, our animal body, I mean, we are, we're mammals, you know, our animal body is like, I want to make a baby. I want to make a baby, you know? So it's also really important to track your cycle so you can really be responsible about your sexual practices. And going back to this topic of feeling confident in the bedroom, you know, feeling self-respect in the bedroom, one of the first things that's going to do that for you is knowing your cycle. Absolutely. Because I can't tell you how many women I know have like their juicy, fantastic date weekend and they're bleeding or they have their power, you know, workshop that they're teaching or some business meeting that they have to go to. And it's, and it's during their moon time. And so that is basically self-sabotaging, you know? So once you know your cycle, and you know also when's the safe time to have sex, you know, when I could get pregnant and when I can't get pregnant, depending if you're trying to have a baby or you don't want to have a child. Um, but knowing that as you move to that window toward ovulation, you're going to start feeling more confident. That's the week to be sexy, to put it on, you know, to do your photo shoot, to, you know, right. to, to exactly. get new makeup, you know, to dress yourself up, you know, show it, wear it, you know? And so that, but it's like, a woman isn't going to feel like that every, every week out of the month when she's bleeding. She's not going to be feeling like dressing up and going out and trying to be sexy. She's going to be like in, in her deep, you know, give yourself some winter, you know, some dark times, some time to go inward, you know. So, so using this, the time of our ovulation to know that there's going to be a peak there, but also knowing that the actual hormonal period of and the actual ovulation time is about three days so there's also this peak you know going up the hill and then coming back down so also these kind of you know we, we the pms and the mood swings and things like that that have a bad rap are actually have biological foundations and so to begin to know what happens to me in each of those cycles and so after the the ovulation is actually like a really even time for the woman 
because building up to ovulation, I could be feeling also more compulsive. If I'm not feeling secure, I could be feeling like, you know, am I pretty? Am I sexy? You know, like our, our hormones are there, but it may be a time where we also need that reflection back from the world. Um, and that's when I say we could be in our manipulation because if we don't really go into the power that we have, if we have a lot of insecurities, we have shame and embarrassment, we have confusion about how to be, you know, truly in our power, in our femininity, in ourselves, then when having that energy come online can, could feel kind of crazy making, you know, it's like some women during this stage of, of, um, ovulation might be like when they go shopping, you know, where they want to have something. They want to they want to be in relationship somehow. Also, that ovulation time is going to be when you might want more rigorous sex and more attention and more passion in your life. And you'll have the, the biochemistry for it. You'll have the energy for it. And then after that, you start going down, but you haven't. You know, the body is still deciding right after ovulation. You have about a week where the body is still sussing out, did we get pregnant? Like, did a sperm meet an egg? You know, like, did it make it to the uterus? Did it implant? So there's that week after where we're still kind of a little, we're cruising on the high of feeling sexy, having our hormones supporting us, feeling attractive, having that energy. And we could be very clear thinking then. So that could be a very good time in that sort of third week, you know, can be a very good time to to have like deep conversations or make decisions or do your planning, right? You're not about to bleed where you're like maybe feeling like I need to be alone. You're not totally ovulating where you may be operating on hormones that are just like a peak moment, but not necessarily fully sensible, you know? Um, so that time after ovulation is a good time where our, our the hormones are kind of even, we're waiting and it's a good time to to be thinking and having conscious conversations, you're still feeling confident and good about yourself, right? But then the next week may feel like, whoa, I'm slipping, right? I'm going downhill. Now the, the body, if you didn't get pregnant, and if you get pregnant, then a whole host of other hormones are coming online. But then the body's going, okay, we're not making a baby. We're going to slough this layer off out of the uterus. And, and it is, it's like a downhill, you know, and so at that time, it's really important that you have good nourishment, that you have good boundaries, and also that you don't take on, like, oh, you're being bitchy, oh, you're being angry, oh, you need space, like things that people can say to us or things that we can feel about ourselves as well. So again, going back to this self-reliance in the bedroom, it's like knowing what part of the cycle and how you are. Some women don't have any PMS. Some women have a whole bunch of mood and emotionalities and different things. And so giving yourself the attention in that week before you're going to bleed, whether that's time alone, meditation, time in nature, getting a massage, eating really well, you know, having the kind of cuddling or intimacy or things that are going to build the security in your relationship so that you feel safe to be whoever is showing up as you move into your moon time. Because you're a wild woman, you're a wise woman, you're muse, you're witch, you're bitch. Like we don't know who's going to show up, but we want to make room for all the faces of the feminine and we are all the faces of the feminine, each woman.
So beginning to understand like, wow, right, I'm going to, I'm a different person and keeping notes. There's lots of apps. There's two or three, at least probably more than that apps now where you can track your cycle and put in notes. What and are some you of your even, favorites? I don't know. I don't know which they are. I forgot the names of them. I haven't recommended any offhand. I've heard of a few different ones now though. Um, and uh, having your partner have that app and they could also put in comments or notes. You know, if you have some people you're living with, let, you can start having conversations. Oh, well, how do you see me right now? Like, how am I, how am I different to you this week? Like, how am I different to you as I'm, you know, when I'm bleeding, after I'm bleeding, when I'm ovulating, you know, after I'm ovulating, before I bleed and start getting some feedback. So you can also know, who am I and what are the things I want? What are my cravings? What are the things I need? And also if there's things that need to be brought back into balance, I think sometimes those extremes can be, can be regulated. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of tools and a lot of ways to, to bring ourselves back into harmony and balance so that we don't have to be so, you know, I think for some women, those, those four women um, it are like really extreme differences. And for other women, it's a little bit more of a fluid process in that they might not even notice how intense, um, you know, it can be for some other people. Um, and so it's really, I think, about knowing yourself and knowing knowing where you're at. And I love that idea of having the people in your life giving you that feedback, or if you have a partner, um, giving you that feedback. There was one thing that you said about this, you know, us being all of the different faces of the divine and and I really actually want to bring that into this conversation about, you know, self-respect in the bedroom, because I think that, um, you know, we can, we can be conditioned to think that there's like one way to be in w- when we're making love, when we're, when we're in our sexual practice with our partner and something that I love to do. And, and I think is so empowering and so valuable to do is to really bring all of these different faces of, of how this divine mother energy moves through us into the bedroom, you know, to, to bring Aphrodite into the bedroom, but to also bring, you know, Kali, like the one who wants to devour her partner into the bedroom to, you know, to, and, and I'll tell you what, ladies, like if you start to play with this, the men might be a little freaked out by some of the aspects, but they actually really get into it. Like this says it opens up a whole new world and a whole new layer of how to be in yourself, how to be empowered in that process of, of your sexual practice with your partner. Absolutely. And that's one of the things about like now with pornography being so popular, sometimes controversial, but definitely popular um, for men and women. They're looking for spice. We're looking for something different, you know, and we, we can't deny that also the way our culture is going, that we are somewhat, particularly here in North America, an entertainment culture, mm-hmm. you know, where we're used to like being fed images and things like that. And so one of the things that women can do is along the lines of tracking these cycles is beginning to see like, like, right, how do I want to dress and how, how do I feel sexy, right? So for someone who like snuggling might be a pathway into sexy, they might want to snuggle at a certain time during the month. But then their wild woman might be like, I want to dress up. I want to go like be all like dressed up in the bedroom. I want to do a strip tease for you or a pole dance, you know, um, or I, maybe I want a different outfit, maybe in the different, you know, fit, you know, really giving yourself permission to, to try things on. And one of the things is to, you know, to look at stuff ourselves. That's one of the things with the women that I do 
in in the work that I do with women is just beginning to have like the voices of our womb and the voices of our vulvas and even just re looking at yourself. If a woman is doesn't have any kind of self a regular self pleasuring practice, I would really encourage all women to have a self pleasuring practice and yeah, to begin all people, to know really. all people absolutely all people. Um, but like you know, for women especially because we've there's so much that's happening now with women you know tucking their clit and moving their lips and fattening you know there's so many things partly because of pornography and ideas about how we should look as women that most women and there are women out there now who just think that they're deformed or something because they've you know seen some porn or their partner says oh my god like i've never seen lips like that right and that one statement like just sticks in them yeah. as like something's wrong with me so like really taking the time to like sit in front of you know get a hand mirror and look yeah. at yourself and and notice how do i feel you know how do i feel about my vagina about my vulva you know can i touch her how does she feel uh, what does the blood feel like that's one of the things we do with the women with the blood mysteries like touch your blood feel your blood you know what is it to even even take a little taste of your blood right like you nick your finger you don't hesitate to you know you get a paper cut you like lick it off you know and whatever but are we willing to even just taste our menstrual blood like and any ways you can begin to make relationship with quote unquote down there yeah for men and for women because a lot of men also are you know there's a lot of deep programs and you know when you do this self-pleasuring or looking at yourself make it a sacred thing light some candles you know burn some incense or put on your favorite music maybe do a sexy dance even just for yourself to discover what is my pleasure and so taking some time to like I talked about this mapping your own pleasure pathways is really vitally important so that I can have self-respect in the bedroom because if I know this is pleasing to me and I show up and the person I'm with like is flipped out or, or is a, you know, somehow having a reaction that I didn't, I didn't, you know, expect or maybe didn't want that kind of response. I can still just be there and be like, wow, wow, I get that. I hear that for you, you know, and yeah, this is something I like, you know, and I think nowadays with also there's a lot of kinky stuff out there. There's poly going on out there. There's so many different things that it's really important. This self-respect in the bedroom is going to come from me knowing who I am as a sexual, sensual being. And to become comfortable with my desires and also to be comfortable with my no, right? That's the other thing that's going to really bring self-respect is that I am able to know if I want that or not. And this is the place where we lose our self-respect in the bedroom is because we don't know where our no is and we live in the maybe zone. Yeah. And in a lot of, you know, if you are out there as a sexual player or, you know, any of that kind of things, you know, the, the reality or any kind of boundary work or consciousness work or agreements, the deal is that maybe is no. And so to begin to have 
some conversations with your partner, whoever it is, even before you get into the bedroom about that. And to be like, hey, you know, as we discover what we like and what we don't like, could we agree that if we're not sure, either one of us, if we're not sure, then it's a no until it's a real yes. And when we cross our own boundaries, sometimes because we didn't even know we had them, we lose respect, we disrespect ourselves. And when we're disrespecting ourselves, it's, it's almost impossible for us to feel respected by others. Yep. And oftentimes I think when we cross those boundaries, we actually leave our bodies and we're no longer, we're no longer in the body. We're no longer in the experience. We've checked out because, because the, it's like the spirit no longer feels safe because we didn't honor the no. Big time. Um, and this is a lot of the work that I do with people and with couples around intimacy because I think we mostly don't even know how much trauma we're holding and how often we check out. And this is a lot of, you know, the women that feel like they can't be orgasmic or the relationship isn't, you know, they can't figure out each other's pleasure pathways. One's going too fast. The other one's going too slow. But a lot of times part of it is we're not actually present. Yeah. And we don't know how to stay present. And that goes back to this work around the shame and the embarrassment and some of the things that we just simply inherited. And, and trauma can come. I mean, I have, I've worked with a man who, when we got in there, he had all this embarrassment around his penis and his genitals. And, and when we went in and did some clairvoyant work and did a guided journey and went back, you know, it went back to him being three years old and his mother was there with a bunch of her girlfriends and she changed his diaper in front of them and all the women were just giggling at his cute little peepee. Hmm. And that template, like that embarrassed him. He felt embarrassed. And that energy of contraction and embarrassment had like lodged in his relationship with his genitals. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you had like a huge sexual perpetration for, for something to have affected you where you feel uncomfortable with that part of your body. And so, you know, it's kind of a miracle that we could get together and have fun with thinking about how many possibilities we may have had, you yeah. know, to have something. It's a miracle we can, that we can stay present at all, but for our own pleasure, you know, discovering that for yourself. If you take the time to sit down and look at yourself, male or female, in the mirror, be with your own genitals, be with your own body, y'all see the places that you have aversion, that it's uncomfortable to look, that you feel embarrassed or ashamed, or you wish it was different or looked like this or did that, or you want to try to change it. or um, and And rather than trying to do anything about that, the first step is just to be able to be with that, you know, and to know that all of that is showing up when I get into the bedroom with somebody. And can I learn to attend to that part of me that feels those things so that she, he feels safe for us to still open up and explore, and have pleasure, and maybe have healing. But we can't necessarily assume that our partner 
can be responsible for those parts of us that feel those ways. It's up to us to be attending and be responsible for those parts and understanding how to track ourselves so that we know when I'm leaving, when I'm checking out, when I'm contracting and help inform your partner so they can help you stay present. Oh, Layla, this has been such a beautiful and valuable conversation. And I feel like you and I could talk about this for hours. Um, I want to make sure that people know that they can find out more about you at the artemiswoman.com. That's Layla's website. Obviously, as you've heard, she is a wealth of wisdom and information and check her out. Thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Um, I just feel really honored that this, this conversation is, is out there and uh, I hope that it's proven valuable for all of our listeners. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. I'm excited for people to take hold of, of some of this information and, and try it on, you know, because it's living right inside of us every day. So it's very accessible. Right. <laughs> yes. And I look forward, anyone can contact me at my website. I look forward to just continuing to contribute. And, and thank you so much for this opportunity to share. Absolutely. Thanks for, thanks for saying yes to it. Yes. All right, everybody, until next time, go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more fully. Many blessings. Blessings. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.